0: Welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Krueger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters, and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. I am so happy today to bring on this wonderful guest. There's a little bit of a backstory. Now, now she is a family friend. She's a close friend of ours and both mine and Sharice. And so if you've been listening to the show for a while, then you know that obviously we love bringing our friends on, but I don't just bring friends on the show. I bring people on who have something inspiring to say. And now I do feel that most of my friends have something inspiring to say. I think all people have something inspiring to say, but... Before I go any further, I, I want to introduce this person right now because she is an actor, she's a journalist, she's a screenwriter, she's a mom, she's an entrepreneur, so I guess she's a mompreneur, an entrepreneur? I don't know how to say that, but she's an amazing human being. She has produced and written the film white like me she met her husband while they were both in seventh grade they are currently still together they have two kids they also produced and co-directed the rights which is a short film starring ted danson they've done so many amazing things in hollywood and they continue to be an inspiration to so many brandy steger is here with me today brandy thank you so much for being on the show Yo, thanks so much for having me that was such a cool intro well, you deserved every word of it plus more. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> so, I it's also all true, just FYI. I don't yeah, blow yeah. smoke. That's not my it's not my jam. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I want to, I want to get into, I want to talk about first your beginnings. I mean, because you do so many things, you are such a driven person and you're so kind and not shrewd in any capacity from at least what I can tell. And, but, but there has to be some kind of amazing drive to succeed in not just the entertainment business, but you're also an entrepreneur. You have a vintage clothing store. I want to talk about how you got into all of this. So, so tell me about your beginnings
1: beginnings. I mean, with acting and if we're going, you know, in that direction, that all started just at a very young age. I don't know if it's part of being from California or my mom had a really good friend who was an agent. I ended up testing for my first pilot when I was 13 years old and I just always, I don't know, I always felt like I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I always wanted to be an actress. I always looked up to, you know, like Lucille Ball and Whoopi Goldberg, and. I just, it was like in my bones at a very early age. My mom also was an aspiring actress as I was growing up. So that's probably part of it. Also with clothing, you know, growing up, you know, I was in that in-between, you know, we were very sort of middle-class. I loved to shop at thrift stores growing up. And I think I had early beginnings, like going into Harlem Rack Shop, which is my vintage store. Just growing up thrifting, I was always so good at it. People always not always, but often made fun of me in the sense that they would call me like a rich girl, which is funny because I really wasn't. I just knew how to make clothes look really great. And I'd wear like a $4 outfit and go, <laughs> look pretty awesome. And people would think I had all this money. And I think it was later on, I remember people contacting me after high school and being like, wow, you know, I didn't know this or that. And I think some people still don't know, but Yeah, that's how I got into
0: thrifting, basically. That's, that's really amazing that first of all, I mean, no one would ever think that you'd be made fun of for being rich. That's like, as people grow up, oftentimes, and especially in the movies, speaking of the entertainment business, you would see people getting made fun of because they're poor, which is, I mean, all of it sucks, but, but yet you, you were able to just pull all this together with style.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I loved fashion. You know, I think, you know, growing up in the nineties, it was clueless and all that. And I just, I have an eye for it. You know, I think it's like art. I think some people, you know, have a fit, you know, some people know how to design homes, like the interior design. Some people know. And my thing is I can look at you, I can see what you like, and I can put clothes on people for very cheap. And I just use that to my advantage when, Acting jobs weren't coming in for me. I decided I'm going to open up a business with the help of you know learning from my mom who was an entrepreneur and create, make money for myself so I don't have to work for anyone and I can (laughs) make money during this break. It's pretty.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing how, you know, when you think about people who go into the entertainment business in, in and of itself, right? So yeah. many people think like, well, you, you know, there's always a joke about, you know, their waiting tables or whatever. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, I think to be in the entertainment business, you have to want it so badly. And you also have to be the type of person who really wants to be in business for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you
1: have to, I mean, talking about like, you have to make a lot of sacrifices, in the sense, I mean, I waitress, I did everything, but you have to make sacrifices and not there's certain jobs you can't take. There's certain like you have to live a certain lifestyle because you need that time for auditions. And yeah, I mean, um, it's just part of the game. Right? Would you
0: say that would you say that 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 mentality is what helped you become so successful at the Harlem rag shop? Because I mean, obviously that that's what fed you during the times when the acting jobs were thin, which I mean, it happens to everybody. They have the ups and downs, right?
1: Yeah, I I think, yeah, that's what fed me. I think the fear of the no fear of, I don't have a fear of nothing to lose. I think that's just, I just don't. I'm a very like, I'm going to jump and that we're gonna, and I'm gonna land somewhere. And I think that was the thing when I opened Harlem Rag Shop. It was like, I'm just going to start a business because, and I'm going to make money and that's how I'm going to get through. And yeah, I think, yeah, you just got to (laughs) jump.
0: You know what, that's such a powerful thing because it is literally the cornerstone of the law of attraction. I mean, I remember watching The Secret and I don't, I mean, The Secret is whatever it is, but in that movie, there's the quote, leap in the net will appear, right? And that's exactly what it is. Like, have you always known that if you just went for it, you would succeed?
1: I mean, I didn't for so long, you know, it's not like I'm one of those people where success came to me, you know, very easily at all. Not with acting. But I do have an extreme faith that I knew it was coming at some point. I don't know. It's just in my heart. I have this very strong, like little, I don't know, you know, like an angel or nature or God saying to me, you are going to make it. You will find success. And even in my darkest days, I knew that. So I think that was my net. That was my net, that little voice, that little, that belief. And I also, you know, I don't know the quote perfectly, but something also similar to what you just said about nature, nature wants us to succeed. Nature is there for you. And I believe in that, you know, I believe that nature wants me to fi- be in myself and succeed and do well. So I try to follow those kind of principles. I don't know
0: if that's a principle, but no, it, I believe it that I, be- you know. Yeah, it fully, it fully is a principle. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I I was just having this conversation this morning and now truth be told, this is airing probably sometime in January or February. We are sitting here in October and, and we're, we're talking about everything. It's, it's coming up on Halloween. I was just having this conversation this morning about how you will never succeed at anything unless you first believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. Otherwise, how are you going to succeed? Right? Totally. It's crazy because that's a big thing, right? With a lot of people, you know, you see,
1: it's funny. I feel like I see it a lot in our parents' generation, not every parent, but uh, there's this, you know, nine to five sort of mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of parents work those nine to five jobs, which is great. I mean, that's what they did. That's what supported them. But I think there's a thing now where you have to like dig a little deeper into your dreams and what you really want. And do the best you can to go after that so that when you're 70, 80, you can say, look, I did everything I could to make that dream come true. And I mean, and when I say that, I feel like sometimes people will say it and you're like, but did you, you know what I mean? Like, did you really? And, you know, yeah, you got to do it. You got to go for it. Really go for it.
0: I agree so much. I mean, you know, it reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen it, but Jim Carrey, he did this commencement speech at, I forget the university. It's like a a higher consciousness school. I forget what it's called now. Someone's going to, you know, correct me. And someone's screaming right now while listening to this going, no, it's the blah, blah, blah. And I, I can't think of what it is, but He was talking about how his dad was an accountant for years because he wanted to pay for the family or not pay, but support the family. And his trade was a musician. He was an artist. He was a musician. And he after, I think, 30 years at the same company, he was laid off. Boom, job ended. And he had to figure out what he was going to do. And, and, you know, Jim Carrey was talking about how, you know, you can literally nothing because so many people look at the day job, the nine to five, you know, our parents generation. They're like, well, that's security. But it's not because you can literally fail at that at any moment in the sense that you can be fired, the company can go under, so many things can happen. So you might as well fail at what you love or go after what you love than to be chained to something that you can't stand on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to look for
1: that speech. I love Jim Carrey. It's just something so special about Jim Carrey. Yeah, interesting. It's so true. You can make, you got to make a decision. As to how far you want to take your dreams, everyone's got to go for their dreams. You know, I feel like it's such a cliche, but it, it can be, I've seen it where people ha- get dark when mm-hmm. they don't, a light can go off and you've got to make sure that that light stays on, you yeah, know, and, and even when you're being told no, which is, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> I love that someone said to me, I mean, it's just one yes, right? You just need one. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's just one. That's it. You that's can have it. a million no's. You need one person to be like, yeah, that person. And I feel like that every successful people in every trade or every business or every career that we love, that's all that happened to them. Someone said yes to them. And after all the no's. And I think we all kind of have to remember that.
0: It's so true. It's really true. I mean, at the end of the day, obviously we have to go towards something that we have a proclivity for something that we're decent at at least. And then you work that until you become as amazing as you can. I mean, like, okay, perfect example. I've always wanted to be a musician. Always. It's been a dream of mine since I was a kid. I always wanted to sing voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I used Uh, to play guitar when I was a teenager, Okay, but I wasn't very good at it. I just wasn't. Now, had I practiced, would I have been better? Absolutely. But as far as singing goes, could I have ever sang? I don't know. The fact of the matter is, you were at my wedding. You yeah. saw me sing to my wife. <laughs> there was not a dry eye in the house, and it's not because I was good. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was it was it was bad. It was no. really <laughs> sweet. Bad. <No>. Oh, very <laughs> sweet. I well, mean, thank you. But at the end of the day, singing was not something that I should have been. You know. Pursuing. Could I have potentially okay. made it to open mics and done okay with a lot of practice? <laughs> sure. But that's not my strength. It's not my strong suit. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we're born with certain talents, skills, and abilities, and and we have to move towards that and follow it. So whatever makes your heart sing, so to yeah. speak, no pun intended, yeah. that's what you have to go for and follow till the end, Right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that you made that point because you
1: do have to, you know, be good at it. I mean, you've got, you know, there's got to be a point where you fit into it. You've got to be truthful to yourself, that's for sure. You know, and I think that's really hard for people. You know, I th- it's funny because I think that's where I found myself as an actor when I can be more honest with myself as to actually what type of roles that would be good for me or, what I can do. And I think, yeah, studying and working your butt off is so important, but understanding who exactly you are as an artist is also very, very important.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we look, could we get good at something that we don't have any skill towards or any yeah sure you could but there's always going to be someone who it comes naturally to who's working hard at it that's going to possibly get there quicker now that's not to say that there isn't enough for everyone around could i have been possibly a backup singer in a band sure but yeah. what is that where I really truly wanted to be? So mm-hmm. the idea of me singing, for example, using that whole thing, it was always like this romanticized version that I would see in movies where like the guy would get the girl because he played a song for her on, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On, you know, outside of and I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll DJ instead and that's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, very important that you knew. You <laughs> you knew, right? Yeah. You were honest with yourself. And but that's and that's what I was coming to. You just hit the nail on the head. You've got to be honest with yourself. Some people want to act, but they have no ability. And you can try as hard as you want. And you can work at it and work at it and work at it. And you can put in all the hours, but you're only going to be kind of mediocre.
1: That's the thing. That's very true. Yeah,
0: because a lot of acting,
1: you know, it's funny. I, you know, you, I think every artist questions themselves, right? At some point, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I, you know, where am I in this? And I think, yeah, part of being an actor. I mean, if you want to be the type of actor I would like to be or hopefully going in that direction. It's just, sorry, I don't ever,
0: I don't ever interrupt my guests, but I'm interrupting you right now because you, you are, you are, you're amazing. And you are going in that direction. Sorry, please continue. No, that's it. Thank you so much. I mean,
1: yeah, it's just, I studied, studied, studied my butt off, you know, and I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Luckily I had great mentors You know, like um, Warner Laughlin, who is incredible, who said to me, you know, you have to when things aren't coming in, you have to work harder because you have it. And even like when I didn't believe her, which I sometimes I didn't, you know, sometimes I just felt like she was just being nice. There were other times where like, for example, when I got into the actor studio, tough to get into the actor studio. You know, I think I went at a dark time and I had a little bit behind my mind, like, oh, that's fine. They're not going to let me in. I did that. And I don't like to do that. You know, we regress. Right. And we sometimes, and I was like, they're not going to let me in and I'm just going to go and audition and let them not let me in, you know, whatever. And I auditioned with all my heart. I was so angry at the time. I had a lot going on, a lot of, and I got in right away. And I think that these are like little messages. I think again, from like God, like the universe, like keep going. It was such a, it meant so much to me. And it was such a strong message to me. If you are on the right track. And I think sometimes we, what I'm saying is we have to listen to those messages. Even when they're tiny, we have to like, okay, yeah, these these people think I've got something, and I was working under Martin Landau, who you know was an Oscar winner. And to have someone like that say to you, "You are on the right track," that's just, I think, a really it's important to pay attention to those messages.
0: I think you're so you 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 are so right about that. You know, I think what it comes down to, and I think this will kind of clarify what we were talking about before as far as being honest with yourself and all that. When you listen to that inner nudge, that's your that's your soul telling you like hey look, this is what you're meant to do in this lifetime. So, cuz a lot I guess I guess what I was trying to say before is with the singing, with the with, you know, someone trying to be an actor, a lot of the times, not a lot of the times, but sometimes what happens is they want it because they want the fame. They want the stuff that comes from being whatever that is as opposed to doing it for a love of what it is that they are doing. And so when you have that inner fire of like, I don't care whether I'm famous or not, I just want to act. I just want to. That's when you pursue the craft. That's when you work your butt off. That's when you're going to succeed because it's that internal drive. But when you're externally driven because, oh, wow, look at that actor. They live this amazing life. I want to have all the money and all the fame and all the whatever I'm going to act. Well, no, no, that's not going to work. No. It doesn't work. And,
1: and if it does, which I've seen it sometimes where, you know, they get something, it doesn't last. Nope. You know what I mean? Like they will get something right away, but it's very, it's not a lasting career. You want a lasting career, you've got to really get out there. And you're so right. Pay attention. Because, you know, I think everyone should ask themselves that question when it comes to acting. Am I doing this because I want fame and I want to be popular and that? Or am I doing this because I love to act? I love to bring forth a story to other people and use myself as sort of a vehicle to touch people, to make people see something, to even if they... It makes them get deeper inside themselves by seeing a character that you play. I think you have, yeah, I have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You're right.
0: And I think that that applies to every single thing that we do, because at, at the end of the day, if we are doing something because of what other people will think or because what we think others might want us to do, we're depriving the world of that special gift that we have inside, don't you think?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, yeah. When we're paying attention to ourselves, it's so much deeper than than just paying attention to yourself. It's like you said, it is your soul. You are that God within you is saying to you, this is why you are here on earth. And when you follow that, I can't believe what happens, right? Even when you don't trust it, which I think I spent a lot of time in my 20s and most of my 30s not trusting it. And thinking, oh, I've I got to interfere. Like, oh, it, it's saying do that. I don't want, you got to trust and say, oh my gosh, my inner self,
0: this is what it's saying I need to do. Go with that. Couldn't agree more. It's yeah. it's and it's so true. I mean, look, from a personal example, from and, and honestly, like I didn't even know this until I looked it up on IMDb because I was just like, I wonder if there's stuff that we haven't discussed before. Oh. You actually were on track in, in a figure skating capacity Oh yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. a kid. And first of all, for that to happen in L.A. is a huge thing because growing up in California and figure skating, those those two things don't necessarily match. But you wanted to be a professional figure skater, didn't you? Oh yeah. Most of my childhood.
1: I mean, that's what I did. I trained as a figure skater. Yeah, it is a very odd sort of fact. I think (laughs) think it's sort of in Lake Arrowhead, when I was growing up, there was an amazing ice rink. Anyone from California or who would maybe hopefully know this, there was Rim of the World. There was Rim of the World was the skating association, but there was an amazing ice rink in Lake Arrowhead. And then if you went up the hill, there was a training center And yeah, Michelle Kwan would skate there. And so many people, Surya Bonali would come in and skate there to train for like the Olympics. And skaters would come and train most of the summers and a lot of the weekends and often. Anyway, yeah, I spent most of my childhood training, you know, sharing the ice with those type of skaters and thinking maybe I could make it to the Olympics.
0: And what changed? Was it, was it realizing that the burning desire for acting and performing was greater than figure skating?
1: No, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know if it was burning then. I think it was like, it's back to being honest with yourself, right? I Mm -hmm. wasn't going to make it. I wasn't going to, I didn't, I wasn't going to make it to the Olympics. I had hit the peak of where I was as a skater and I, th- I was great. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like if you saw me, you'd be like, wow, she was great, but I wasn't an Olympic, an Olympian. Mm. And it came time when it was like time to go to college and time to do other things to just make a decision. You know, am I going to continue to pay for extreme training and all this? But I kind of know we knew like we, I remember being in the training camp at, um, I want to say 13 years old with Michelle Kwan. I don't know the age range here. It's funny, but with Michelle Kwan and a group of us would play games and stuff, you know, like when we weren't training and I rem- everyone knew Michelle was going to make it like she was a beautiful skater. Mm. And that was just the thing, right? All of us kind of trickled off and she did. She made it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you just have to know I knew and I called it and I just stopped.
0: It's so interesting because I had a similar trajectory when I was a kid up until I was about 14, 15 years old. I wanted to play in the NHL. I played hockey organized for for 10 years. Yeah. And then it came to a point where I realized I'm like, I'm great at what I do. Like I'm, 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 I'm definitely decent to better than average. I'm not going to be in the NHL. That's not in the cards for me. And it was just one of those things where I, I, and then I stopped. And I was around 14, 15 when I was like, yep. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. and, and I get it. And that's, and that's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning is, is about being honest with yourself. Like, okay, cool. This is great. It's a hobby. It's not going to be the profession. Absolutely. And that's, and when you realize that and you go, okay, well, it doesn't matter what you're profession is it doesn't matter what your passion is or what you're what you're so great at that you can do better than most people in that field or even at the top whatever percentage if this is what you can do that's what you put your life into and really focus on it and then allow yourself to flourish from there
1: absolutely and i didn't learn till later in life you know i don't know how you'll feel about this but I didn't feel like I understood this until later in life, but like even those things, it like figure skating, right? Mm-hmm. Taking every single thing I learned from that and using it in what I want to do. And what you know what I mean? Like yes. it, and I really didn't learn that till later. Like what can figure skating, what that I learned from that, can I bring forth as an actress?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Or as a producer or as a business owner, like using your skills, using what you have, because there was no, you didn't do that for no reason. Whatever you're doing, whatever it is, there's a reason there. So learn from it and use it.
0: Yeah, totally. There's no wasted effort. Everything that we do has a purpose. There's always something and you may not realize it until later, like you just yeah. said, mm-hmm. but there's always a reason. There's always something that's useful from what we're doing now. I want to, I want to sort of pivot because obviously, well, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but one, there's this idea that dreams can change, right? It's like, follow your dreams, make sure you go after what it is that you want. But there are some people who their dream when they're 15 is not the same as their dream when they're 25. And it's not the same as their dream when they're 35 and Whoa. 50 and whatever. We have a long life to live. People think it's yeah. short. Like you you have to do what you're doing by the time you're 20 or you're done. Which is nonsense. Talk to me a little bit about the idea of changing dreams. I mean, I know that you are a mom to two beautiful kids. And part of that is something that factors in too, because I know that having kids changes you. It makes you look at things from a totally different perspective. How have your dreams changed over the years?
1: Well, I think at the beginning, 20s and in college, and it was all about the hustle, it was very selfish very selfish you know it's all about the hustle i'm gonna make it i have to make it it's that nothing's gonna get in my way mentality and when it does i'm gonna knock it down right Mm -hmm. and for me things weren't happening really in that time as an actor i mean of course there were things like i did commercials i i i worked a little bit but it wasn't a lot it wasn't actually like later it was a lot more but so having kids, I think at 20, I would have been like, there's no way that, you know, like I'm going to make it first and then I'll have my kids, you know, you kind of have your life set. And again, the universe is like, no, 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 no. That's (laughs) not what we're doing. So me now having children and they're my biggest dream. Like, you know what I mean? I never thought my biggest dream would be to be a mom and that's my biggest dream now. Like it has come true. I look at my kids every day and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I would even think to myself for one second, like, oh, I don't have to have kids. I want a career. But there were times that was my life in my twenties. I want a career. That's it, period, full stop. And yeah, I mean, what a change. <laughs> so now I work for my children. <laughs> Everything I do as an actor, of course, I love acting. But man, when I go on these auditions, it's like, it's because my kids, you know, now I'm like, I work for my kids. You know, I just want them to have a great life. I want them to have opportunity. I'm like, that's what I think of right away when I get a job now. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. We can, I don't know, take this cool trip and I can show them what it's like to, you know, just do. totally different. It used to be like, I can buy this outfit. Now it's like, oh my gosh, I can take my kids and show them something, you know, out of the, out of the state or out, maybe
0: later out of the country. There's, it's a different mindset. It totally is. It's so, it's so interesting how we literally change our thought. Now, to be fair, your, your kids are adorable. So oh. <laughs> that makes it a little easier to just be like, oh, but they're so cute. So I can, you know, but parent to parent, we both know it doesn't matter how cute they are. Sometimes it can be crazy. Oh my it's, god. But it's true, you literally, you literally stop living for yourself and you start living for your children. And it's such a profound experience.
1: Oh, my God, it's an amazing experience. It just makes it It just makes everything so much better. I it mean, does it's not just about you and not just them it's like even with halloween coming you know now all i can think about is their friends right and how we can make their their friends have the best halloween you know and and trying to put together for her friends at her school which is remote learning but mm-hmm. trying to get them little halloween baskets to their doorsteps you know what i mean to like make them like th- that's what it's about now like that's what i care about and it's just a different yeah that's the parent thing, right? We just how do we make it happier for our children, for their friends, for their growing up, letting them even in these times have the best childhood?
0: I think that having kids, it brings out either it either brings out the best in a person or the worst in a person. I, I feel know, like that. I feel like if you, you know, if you're really ready for kids and you're and you're able to give of yourself, you become more of that. You become this amazing you just want to do for others. You see other people as someone else's child. You become kinder. You become more, yeah. you know what I mean? But if you're not yeah. ready for it and you're super selfish, it makes you resent everything. That's you know what I so mean? I've I've seen both sides. And so it's so amazing to, not that I'm surprised because I know you, but it's so amazing to see that where you're just like, I want gift baskets for or Halloween baskets for the kids. Like That's just such a wonderful thing to hear. And we need more of that in the world, don't you think, especially now? We really do. We really do need more of that. Just people,
1: I, yeah, we just need people to think about, put yourself in someone else's shoes. That's what we need in the world right now. How can we make someone else more comfortable? To stop thinking about ourselves only and how I can feel better, or I can make myself happy how can I make someone's day a little bit better? It's, I, I just think that's so important for us as human beings. I feel like it should almost be a class that's taught.
0: I don't think <laughs> you know? almost, empathy. I think it would
1: be, yeah. Empathy for others, right? Caring mm-hmm. for others. Like my daughter said to me recently, mom, do you know what empathy is? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't believe you're asking me that, but of course I do. And we had this great conversation about empathy. And yeah, I, I We've got to get somewhere where we have that for other people, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter where they come from. You know, I
0: just, I I want to care for you. I want you to feel okay or feel happy. Yeah, we definitely need more of that in the world. There's no there's no question in my mind. I mean, it's it's there is a lot of me first mentality. I mean, at least here in the U.S., you see a lot of me first and and it's it's hard to teach empathy. It's it's really not you know, it's something that either I think you either have it or you don't. But you can teach people to be kind. You can teach people to be less selfish. You can teach that, you know, there is a way for that to 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 be taught. And, you know, you said whether they look like you or not, which kind of sort of leads me into white like me. I want to talk about that because to me, I feel like especially in this climate, it's so important the light you're shining on 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 what you're shining it on. And I actually want you to talk about white like me. Tell me about what inspired the project, even though I have a very good idea. I want my listeners to know. And first, let's 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 tell them what it's about if they haven't heard it yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. White Like Me is a film about a Black woman who is so frustrated with her life, with her career, with where she's going, that she decides that she's going to change her appearance into a white man and go out into the world and see if she can find more success. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's funny because it came from, obviously, I mean, it just came from me looking out. It came from my own personal thoughts about it. You know, like mm-hmm. if I were white, would things be easier for me? And also seeing people get more opportunities than me. And I felt like it was based off of them just being white. Like so many times in my life from early on, like even applying for a waitressing job early on, I remember friends going in with the exact same criteria as me or less and getting the job over me. And later in life, like after college, them getting jobs over me or or even, you know, like my husband, like watching his path. I mean, he's not like white. He's Ecuadorian and, and British. But, you know, a lot of people think he is white and just seeing the opportunities that he gets and will do sometimes the same things and how people respond to how he does them compared to how I do them. And just all of that in my life made me want to write this film. And I wanted to make sure in the film that people knew this is not a film where I'm making fun of white people. You know what I mean? It's not a film where she gets dressed up as a white person and it's supposed to be funny. It's an honest conversation. Like she does it honestly because she seriously just wants to see if the opportunities are going to be different. She's not trying to be funny. She's very nervous about it. You know, I really can't wait till this film comes out. I think a lot of people will, a lot of people, I think, especially women will relate to it. They'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, I thought about this. I've had women say to me, I thought about doing this. Or I've Actually a DP we're going to be working with. The woman just said this to us. And that's exactly what I want, you know, that to come to life. Like what if that happened? And it's just never been done. And I think it'd be really it's gonna be really cool.
0: I agree. I think it is going to be really cool. I personally wish that it wasn't necessary.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, it's, I think it's relevant. And in this moment in time, of course, it's, it's something that growing up, I've never, I mean, personally, I've never really, like, I've always appreciated other cultures. I've always seen other cultures. It's never been like, oh, everybody's the same. No, that's ridiculous. Nobody's the same. In fact, even within the same culture, okay. Within the same, within the same skin color, which by the way, is just dumb. I'm sorry. I'm going to call it out right now. That's just dumb because that just has to do with the the melanin in your skin. That has nothing to do with anything else. That has to do with how much exposure to the sun your ancestors have had. That's it. And we all all come from Africa, go back long enough. That's where we're all from. Uh So I wish people could just put that to bed already and just go, hey, you know what? They're from a different part of the world where- they celebrate this instead of that. How cool is that? You know, let me learn more as opposed to this this, this fear. I think it's a fear-based thing of going, well, they're not like me, so they must be blah, 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 blah inferior, yeah. whatever. And that's that's kind of just, it's, it's crazy. Like if we could just develop a curiosity as opposed to a fear, like do you yeah. think that that would change things a lot?
1: You know, some of me thinks that like, just calling it what it is, like racism is like a mental illness, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like a mental illness because exactly what you're saying, it's so strange. Like, if you really break it down and really think about it, it is strange. Yeah. It's like, if you say to children, you know, like, so this person doesn't like this person because this person is this coat. they're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. it is strange. Like, they don't get that. And I do think it needs to be turned into a curiosity, you know, and an acceptance about others. It's so fun. I feel so bad for people who mm-hmm. don't want to learn about other people. I'm like, Oh my God, like I was recently watching a documentary. I don't know what it was, but about white supremacy and how they, they changed the name. It's not white supremacy anymore. I can't remember the name, but it was something similar. And basically they don't want to affiliate with other races. Okay. And I thought, God, that's so sad. I bet, I bet, I really do. If somehow you could get in there and they could meet other people, I bet they would really like them. And I think that's such, it's so unfortunate that they're they're gonna spend their lives not open to that. You know, their best friend, the love of their life, it could be out there in another form than they're in. And -hmm. they're not even going to, Try it out. And that tries, it just makes me crazy. <laughs> like I've met my, I've had some of my biggest lessons from people who don't look like me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, honestly, when I when I think about it, it's, it's there are ways to judge people. I, I think that there are valid ways to judge people. Like if someone's mean, cool, you oh, know what? We don't okay. need to hang out with that person. Or if someone is, is rude or whatever, like, okay, cool. But even those people, you can still show kindness and that might change things. But when it comes to judging someone based on how they were born and how they look and how, who they love and who they're to me, maybe I was just raised differently, but, and and I will actually say that I think that a part of it is just faulty programming. It's fear-based, faulty programming that comes from wherever it comes from, but at the end of the day, like you said, you know, you tell a child I, I, what is it's, it's a video where I, I think there was like person of color, child of color, child of I mean, I don't like to say white or black because that isn't even accurate. Like it's yeah, not yeah, accurate. It's like, yeah. Nobody's white. Have you ever seen unless you're okay. albino? OK, yeah. those people are white albino. OK, but they're discriminated against, too, probably by by people who oh, are God. racist. Everyone who's different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it so, makes no so discrimin- sense. But. But two children, I remember, like, they they couldn't look anything like each other if they tried, no matter what. One of them shaved their head. The other one shaved their head. They're like, look, we're twins. You know what I mean? Because that's the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they don't see. They don't see. the yes. they, they just they're like, oh, our hair is the same. So we're twins. Yeah. You know what I mean? They and love. so yes. that's how we're born. It's our natural state of being. And so it's just one of those things where I just wish we could all see past it. And, and I know that having the conversation is important because that opens up the door for it to happen. I mean, look, there are things happening now as far as inclusivity in entertainment. I mean, Batwoman, she's she's person of color now, which I think is amazing because yeah, yeah, why yeah. shouldn't she be? Like, why not? Why not? Who? who? Batwoman on the CW. Oh, Batwoman. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, Batwoman. Yeah. Yeah she's, yeah. she's-
1: I mean, why not, right? Exactly. It doesn't- I mean, we're thinking that we're seeing color. People are seeing color, but they're not. I mean, especially children. My daughter has no idea. Like she'll see Annie, for example, which was done in black and white. And she's just like, I mean, she will say I want black Annie or white Annie. (laughs) You know, I think she's picked that up, you know, from us. But she doesn't see like a difference between them. She just sees that they're different colors. Does that make sense? She doesn't see that their heart is different or that one is better than the other is what I'm trying to say. She's like, yeah. And she will pick a different one at different times, which I try to be as open to as possible. I want her to see those differences, but I also want her to appreciate them. This one is doing this and this person's doing this. And like, let's
0: celebrate it. Let's not look down on it. Exactly. Yeah, right. you don't I mean that's that's the whole thing that I wish that people could realize is that there's no value judgment based on our differences. In fact, yeah. we should celebrate the fact that we're different because we can learn from each other. It brings me back to the Groove Armada song, right? If everybody looked the same, we'd get tired of looking at each other.
1: Oh yeah,
0: right? Yeah. And then who yeah. would
1: who would you bully? Because I notice I feel like the human nature, right, wants to have something to in some people to like see as different so i thought that too if everyone looked exactly the same like what would they find they'd
0: find was, nothing they yeah. would be, it would be boring it's like i've 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 said this before i did this in a previous episode on a friday episode where i talked about how nobody wants to stare at a blank canvas People, people want the colors. They want the colors infused into the canvas because that's what creates the the tapestry, the picture. That's what creates the picture, the painting. If you just had white paint on gray paint, I mean, I guess some people have painted like that and it's called a snowstorm blizzard or whatever. And I suppose that's something to me that's boring. I want to see the vibrant colors. I want to see the differences. I want to see the contrasts between different things. And that's how we do it, right? Yeah,
1: that's how you do it. I think that's the best way to live. It's the best way to see the world and to understand the world that we are in, that we were brought into. The best way to understand it is to try to see as much of it as possible. And part of that is to see how different everyone is from us, which, yes, is a great thing.
0: Yes. And I think it's amazing that, you know, as an actor, you get to bring out these colors, you get to paint these pictures. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's amazing that there's more inclusion in this. I want to call it more equity because yeah. it's not about it, it's about equity. It's about having more access to it's about representation. Yeah. You know, if you look at the LGBTQ plus community, if you look at if you look at all of it, I mean, look, as a human race. Because I believe there's one race; it's human, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, there's no there's no such thing as other races. That's actually a complete fallacy, especially scientifically. If you look at it, it's just it's just BS. But when you look at the industry as a whole, the entertainment industry as a whole, it's starting to open up. You're starting to get representation. So young kids of color, young kids who are on the LGBTQ spectrum, spectrum. I guess yeah, you could call it that. Because um, yeah. there's many different forms of it. You can be when they see someone who's like them as a lead in a movie or as as uh, you know that changes things so I think it's so powerful that you're doing this I think it's wonderful
1: oh Uh, thank you yeah it's funny because I wrote it before like the Black Lives Matter movement before COVID and I thought of it before and it's interesting because I think at the time where I wrote it people were a little like whoa like people obviously loved it but there were people who were like This is too much. You know, race is a lot for some people. But now that we're going through all this, you know, suddenly it's like a rush of like, when is this happening? And I do find that very interesting. Like, it's exciting. It makes it exciting for me. I feel like I stepped into something before it happened kind of thing.
0: No. And that's, that's amazing. I mean, I think, I think there's, again, like you said, there's no wasted effort. So it's come back around. It's, you know, yeah. you may have felt like you hit a wall at one point and you're like, geez, what am I going to, but then all of a sudden the circumstances yeah. come up and you're like, Nope, this is not a wall. We're going yeah. right through it. This is fantastic. Totally. I want to talk because we're on the subject of the industry and I, I would be remiss. I brought this up at the beginning. You and Michael met, you you've known each other since seventh grade. You yeah. are now married with two children. And in Hollywood, that is unheard of. It's unheard of to be with someone for longer than like six years in Hollywood. I mean, it's oh, it's yeah. like most most relationships are, are <laughs> over before they start. I think that we hold the record here for like the quickest marriage with, I, I think it's Britney Spears maybe with six hours or something like that. Is that or, it? Okay, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I don't know, but I think of Kim Kardashian's marriage. But, which one? Oh guys? yeah, that's right, <laughs> which one? I exactly my point, got. but that's my point. Yeah. So you and Michael have been together. And not only are you in the industry, but he is also. Yeah, yeah. So before we wrap up in, in a little bit, and I realize that we may have gone long, but honestly, Brandy, there's just so much to cover with you. And I just I had to mm-hmm. thank you all for listening on. I know I know that you're riveted anyway, because she's amazing. Yeah. So tell me what first of all, talk to me about how you guys kind of got together and how you've managed to stay together through all this, because that's a huge thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because, you know, yeah, it's longer years, really, in the entertainment industry because people don't <laughs> stick it out that long. But yeah, we met as kids. We went to junior high together. I, I wouldn't say that we even really liked each other too much in junior high. You know, we were, we were I want to say we're kind of small town kids. You know, we knew each other. We were friends. We had to see each other. I don't think we thought each other were the greatest of pe- greatest of people. As children. And then high school came around, we were friends, you know, because of that small town environment where everybody was kind of friends. And then we accidentally went to the same college. And that was like a real shock. Like, wow, this person's still here. And then we started dating after college. And I don't know if either of us thought it was going to last this long. I don't know. You know, I think, you know, me maybe more as the woman who's like, this is the one I don't know. Maybe men do that too. So I I won't say that. Yeah. Some of us do. (laughs) Yeah. Some, that's true. Some men do. So I don't know. It just all, we ended up in each other's lives. We kept staying in each other's lives and we got married later, you know, 2002 is when we started dating, but we didn't get married until 2008. Hmm. Didn't get engaged until 2006. But yeah, so much, in that time happened? How do we do it? I don't know. I think in marriage, you know, I don't think there's a um, secret. I think you have to be willing to put up with someone and somebody has to be willing to put up with you through the good and the bad. And finding that I think can be extremely tricky. And I think we just found that. We found the other person. I found the other person who was willing to put up with me through the terrible times, through the great times. And same thing. And like every marriage you struggle and it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill this. person. (laughs) (laughs) But then somehow you keep finding that road of like, that's my best friend. I don't know if that has I don't think it has to do. A little of me does think it has to do with being children. But if that were true, then every marriage that survived, they would have to have met as children. Right. Right. So, But a friendship. Right. I don't know if you would agree with this. Friendship is the thing. I think one of the things having that friendship foundation.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, Sharice and I look at it as a soul connection first. She's my best friend. There's no question about it. When something good happens, she's the first person I want to talk to. When something bad happens, she's the first person I want to talk to. When anything happens, she's the first person I want to talk to. And so because, and she, she feels the same way about me. And so whenever we have issues, we always tend to remember, Hey, we're connected as souls first. Let's, let's come back to this. If we need to take some time apart, like, and I don't mean like breakup, I mean, (laughs) you know, just to spend time in different rooms so we can cool down and then come back to the center. That's what we do. And I think it's really one of those things where when you make that choice, which is obviously what you guys have done, it's choose to love each other. You choose each other every day. And but yeah, you do. You're right, and you find those
1: patterns, like you said, separating into different rooms or whatever. You find your mutual communication, like how everybody, whether it's your friend, your lover, your you, your parent, you communicate different, right, with everyone. There's a communication, and and oftentimes it's 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 off. Like you can't communicate with some people. Like it can't get through. But I think with your partner, if you can find your your communication with each other, the way you guys understand each other, that is can is like a big old bonus, right? In the because that gets you through those times where you are angry or or wanna kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so like, true. This is how we communicate it though. This is how we can get back back to it, is we need to take a break. We need to takes, go to separate rooms, meditate, breathe it out. I'm not like each other for a couple of days, fine. But we still do, you still do. You know, it's like, if we need to take two days and like not communicate, that's the way you, you know,
0: different things work for different people. Agreed. But you touched on a really important one, which is communication. I think that that's, that's the bedrock of any relationship. So many people I've heard so many stories of like husbands going, I, I I just spent like, you know, $12,000 on this thing. Don't tell my wife, you know, like she can't know. And then they hide it. And instead of going, well, wait a second, if we have open communication, you know, yeah, it may cause an argument because do you really need to spend that kind of money on whatever it is? And then if you want to, or choose to, or whatever, that's fine. But to hide things, and having secrets all of a sudden you're putting a little wedge between you it's and then scary. the more secrets yeah. the lot the the greater that wedge grows before you realize that you look at each other and you go who is this person that I'm living oh, with oh yeah secrets is very scary very right? scary. yeah that's uh you know uh, yeah i mean i used money as an example but that's you know that's yeah, just in a, that...
1: so many ways right there's so many things i think it's funny because while michael was on his show you know obviously there's people who like they, they develop crushes or they just like, you know, and I think, you know, part of a good thing, you know, that I, it's funny because this is so debatable with everybody in every relationship. But I think with Michael, he always would come to me and say, you know, this is what this person said to me, whether or not it's funny because I'm sure some people watching this be like, I don't want my significant other to do that. I would. You just want to know. You want to know. I want to know what I'm dealing with. I want to know what's out there. So he would always say, this is what happened. This is this. I think it's helpful if you know, you know, that kind of stuff and the person's open and honest with you.
0: Totally. Well, that, but that's it. You just said it open and honest. Yeah. That's honesty, communication, making that choice. Those are to me, the three cornerstones Maybe yeah. we'd have to put a fourth one in there somewhere, but those are three, like that's the tripod of a, of a healthy relationship is if you have open and honest communication, if you have that trust with each other and you have that, that you choose to be with each other on a daily basis and you choose to evolve together too, because don't forget, I mean, you're not the same person you were in seventh grade when oh. you Michael, you guys are different people now. So you've chosen to grow together as that is the thing. growing apart.
1: Yes. Grow that you, that is it. Nailing it. You And you have to like each other through that growth, right? You become almost like a different person in a way as you keep growing. And hopefully that's a more evolved person, a more open person. If you're going the right direction, hopefully that's more of who you are. And yeah, you've got to like the person through that growth. And luckily, luckily we do. Luckily we have gotten to see each other really, really, really grow. And I even like, well, look at him now and I'm so fascinated with Who he is, you know, as a person now, how he'll respond to things now, which are very different than the way he would respond things early on in our 20s and our teens and our, for me, like, you know, younger, you just get to see it.
0: And it's a great, it's beautiful. Couldn't agree more. Brandy, before we wrap up, I want to know, because I always like to leave my listeners with one little tidbit of advice that they can take right now to live the most enhanced and best life that they can possibly live. If you had one piece of advice to give people, what would that be?
1: I think it would be, it's going back to like the opening of the interview. I think it's like, I have an acting teacher at the actor actor studio who always says, go home. Like when you're having issues with a scene, go home. And go home means go inside yourself. Hmm. Go to what your truth is, who you are. Don't act. Don't jump into something so quickly without thinking about it. Go home. Who am I? How do I want to respond to this? What is my truth? And that's it. I I recommend that to anyone. Just go home. Go inside yourself and find out what you want to do, who you want to be in every situation.
0: And that's going to be the best way to guide yourself through life. I absolutely love that. That is phenomenal <laughs> advice. Go home, go, go home. inside, check in. That's just amazing. Where can people find you if they would like to follow you? You know, share Instagram handles. I'm going to put it in the, in the show notes, of course, but I would okay. love for you to share that.
1: Sure, it's at Brandy Steger, Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-E-E, Steger, S-T-E-G-E-R. Also at Harlem Rag Shop 1934 at Harlem Rag Shop 1934.
0: And yeah, I think that's it. That's where I am. Amazing. Brandy, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It was such a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I had so much fun. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net.